Good morning, and welcome to the radio broadcasts of the Brinesburg Missionary Baptist Church.
Let's stand together, a beautiful carol. We're going to do a whole little town of Bethlehem.
beautiful star of Bethlehem, shining far through shadows dim, giving a light for those who long have gone, have gone, guiding the wise men on their way unto the place where Jesus lay. Oh, beautiful star of as we sing and worship him with this carol, the first Noel, born as the king.
Today you'll be listening to the message preached by our pastor, Brother Brad Walker, during our Sunday morning worship service. May God bless you as you listen to his message. Thank you for that special music. What great worship we've had today. If you will, turn with me to Luke chapter 2 this morning. Luke chapter 2. What a wonderful time of year it always is as we focus on uh, the coming of our Lord and Savior, of the Messiah, of Jesus Christ. And uh, I'm always excited to be able to enter into these messages because uh, they, are, they give us such great hope and encouragement of the fact that uh, there may not be a whole lot of peace seemingly around about us, uh, but God is still in control. And that in a relationship with Him, that we can have great peace in our hearts. And this morning, uh, we're going to be focusing on uh, the question of why the manger there in Luke chapter 2. As you're turning there with us, uh, let us go together to the Lord in prayer. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you today in thanking you for the greatest gift of all, Jesus. But we thank you that while we were still yet in our sins, that you didn't leave us there. But, Lord, that you came after us. That Jesus was willing to to leave the splendor of the throne and to come to a manger. Willing to leave the company of angels to come and be surrounded by the company of dirty shepherds and sinners like us. And so, Lord, today, I pray that you would speak to our hearts and help us to recognize just how amazing it truly is the gospel, the story of what you did to save us from our sin. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. If you will, please stand with me in honor of the reading of God's word. Familiar passage of scripture to us. But listen, and uh, let's see if God says something new and fresh to us this morning. And it came to pass in those days... That there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made while Serenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one to his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee unto the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and the lineage of David. To be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room for them in the inn. You may be seated. I don't know about you, but the birth of Jesus amazes me every time that I look at it. It's a time that is surrounded by so many miracles. There are angelic appearances and a virgin conception. There's the split-second timing as to the precise moment and place of Jesus' birth. I mean, the hand of God is highly visible in the birth of the Lord Jesus. 
as he came into this world. However, every time I look afresh at the birth of the Lord Jesus, I never cease to be amazed by the simple statement that Luke makes there in verse 7. And Luke seems to have a tendency of doing this. He takes these monumental, history-changing, mankind-changing moments, and he simplifies them down to such ordinary words that it almost we could almost just look over them and think, okay. But the amazement of what took place here. Verse 7. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. To me, the thought of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords coming to this world and being placed in a manger is almost beyond comprehension. Have you ever just stopped and kind of thought about that? Jesus was placed in a manger, a feeding trough for animals. It wasn't a bad place for feeding your cattle. It wasn't a bad place for feeding your sheep or your oxen. But I don't think it's a place that I would have put Daniel when he was a newborn. I don't think it's a place I would have put Levi when he was a newborn. And it is absolutely not a place I would have put Liz K. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but Jesus, God in flesh, was placed in a manger. Think about that great truth. That the God who created heaven and earth came to this earth and the best that we could do was a feeding trough. Mm. What an amazing thought. This morning, I want us to take just a few moments and I want to ask the question, I want us to answer it using scripture, of why the manger? Well, first, I think it's because of alienation. We see that in verse 7. It says that Jesus was placed in this makeshift cradle. Why? Because there was no room for them in the end. No room available for Jesus. No room available for Mary and Joseph in that inn there in Bethlehem. And isn't that a sad statement? That when God came to redeem us, sinners, from our sins, that we responded by putting up a no vacancy sign for him. There's not room for you here. Not for you. You see, I want you to remember that hospitality was a highly viewed virtue in the first century. There were not the hotels on every corner like we have in our communities today. We live in a fairly rural community here in Marshall County, but you go to Benton, and every time I go home, I pass the Benton Inn. There's a place to stay. If I go out to I-69, I pass Quality Inn. There's a place to stay. If you go to Calvert City, you've got a couple of three different options. If you go down to the state parks, to Kentucky Dam State Park or Ken Lake, there's a place to stay. Even in Marshall County, you have multiple places to choose from. 
But it wasn't so in that day. In that day, for the most part, people uh, were taken care of. The traveler would have been taken care of by the hospitality of the people in any given community they went into. And so as a person came, it would be you were to be hospitable and to welcome them in to your home. Now, that's a fairly foreign concept to most of us today. But I guess it is becoming more common. As I was thinking about that this week, I actually came upon these new things. Everybody, anybody ever heard of an Airbnb? Uh, yeah, an Airbnb. Uh, apparently, we have decided to go back in time and stay in strangers' homes. Um, that's the way that we're doing. I, you know, I think about texting. Isn't that pretty much just sending a telegraph? Um, I mean, we're going back in time, it seems. Uh, we don't talk anymore. We don't do those things anymore. But anyway, these Airbnbs, you stay in a stranger's home. And I guess you give them money, and they're okay with this. Not me. Uh, but it, for the most part, that's not something that many of us do. But it would have been very common in the first century. But here in Bethlehem, the issue was not that people weren't opening up their homes. The issue is, is that people had already opened up their homes to others. You see, that's the issue here. And each home had been filled with someone else. It would seem that there was room there for anyone and everyone else except Jesus and his family. Everyone else had been welcomed in other than Jesus. Well, things haven't changed much in the intervening 2,000 years. There still is no room for Jesus in the vast majority of hearts. In society, we make room for every belief system other than the resurrection and the life, Jesus Christ. In schools, we bend over backward to make everyone feel safe while excluding the Prince of Peace, Jesus. In our homes, we make room for the internet. We make room for the cable company. We make room for every new streaming service available for our entertainment options while making no room for the way and the truth and the life, Jesus. Even in our churches, sadly, we make efforts to make ourselves and everyone else around us feel as comfortable as possible. When people come in, we want them to feel comfortable while all too often forgetting about the light of the world, Jesus. Our lives are crowded and no room has been made for Jesus. The question you and I need to answer this morning is this. Have you made room for Jesus in your heart? Have you made room for him? Are you willing to remove all those things that are crowding out Jesus? And that's going to mean sacrifice because there's a lot of stuff that we really like to do that is crowding out Jesus. Are you willing to remove those things to welcome him in? Are you willing to not merely turn over a new leaf? but to allow Jesus to transform your life. Jesus was unwanted that night in Bethlehem, and for the most part, he is still unwanted in our world today. Has he been welcomed into your life, or have you locked him on the outside? But secondly, why? Why, manger? Because of association. Because of association. When Jesus allowed himself to be laid in that manger, he was identifying himself with those that he came to save. There are three great areas of men's lives that Jesus came to identify with, I believe. The first is 
man's poverty. And by what he did, we know that he knows about our needs. 2 Corinthians 8 9 says, For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. He knows our poverty. Matthew chapter 8, verse 20, And Jesus saith unto him, The foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. But also, he has promised to meet our needs. Philippians 4, 19, For my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Jesus Christ. Psalms chapter 37, verse 25, I've been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. But also we see here mankind's problems. He can associate with our problems now. He knows about our struggles. Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 15 and 16. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Brinesburg, he knows about the trials that we face, and he has identified himself with each and every one of them. None of it is foreign to him. Therefore, he is able to help us through our troubles, and he is able to meet the needs of our lives. Jesus is not merely watching from a distance, as Bette Midler would like to sing. That's not the way it works. God's not just up there spying on us and thinking, oh, those poor, pathetic people, they can't get it right. No, no, he has come to this world and he put on flesh and he got his hands dirty in the work of ministering to our needs and making us righteous in the eyes of a holy and righteous God. That's the God who we serve. That's the God who wants to associate with us. But also mankind's priorities. You see, Jesus detested worldly pomp and circumstances and riches. When Jesus came to this world, he knew that mankind was basically greedy. He knew that we were in love with wealth and the pursuit of it. He understood that. And he came to teach us that there is a higher priority in life than just seeing how many toys we can accumulate within our lifetime. And that priority is the glory of God. It's the glory of the Father. That is what is greater Luke said this about Jesus, Luke 16, 15. For that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of God. All those things that we think are making us the winner are actually making us the biggest loser. Because they are possessions that eventually will possess us. We see that in the life of the rich young ruler. He says, you know what? I've got it all. I have followed every one of your commandments, Jesus. I've done it all. I've been a religious man all of my life. And Jesus says, oh, yeah, well, go and sell all of your riches and give it to the poor and then come and you follow me. And it was too bad because his possessions had taken possession of his heart and his soul. Jesus says, those things aren't important to me. 
Jesus was a man who was born in a humble, stable place, in a humble manger to remind men that the greatest aspirations of the human soul is to seek the glory of Almighty God ahead of everything else. But then thirdly, why? Why a manger? Because of accessibility. Remember for whom Jesus came. I want you to just for a moment imagine with me. Imagine with me that Jesus, instead of being born in that stable and placed in a manger, I want you to imagine for a moment that Jesus had been born in Herod's palace. He is born amid the, the, the riches and amongst the finery that a king is deserving of. I want you to imagine for a moment that, that his bed, instead of being made of, of wood and, and straw, I want you to imagine, rather than that, that, that his bed had been constructed of gold. Imagine him having enjoyed a life of abundance and a life of plenty as an earthly king would have. I want you to imagine him being separated from the common man by the walls of a palace, by closed gates, by armed guards, as any other human king would be. I want you to imagine those things. If that had been the case, I have a question for you. Would you feel liberty to come boldly before him? Would you feel the liberty to, to, to just run up to him as a child would to their father? And jump in his lap and embrace him. Would you feel that liberty if that had been the way that he had come? Probably not. However, he was born in a stable. He was placed in a manger. And thereby he came and he made himself accessible to all who would come to him. The rich and the poor. The mighty and the small. He came for all of us. Luke 2 records the visit of the shepherds. These shepherds, these, these common, these dirty, these, these vile men, they felt liberty to come and approach him in this place. This is the King of kings. This is the Lord of lords. This is God of heaven and earth. And they come boldly before him because he was approachable. Later, even the wise men, though, these learned men, these, these magi, from the east, they, they learned about Jesus' birth. These wealthy men, though, these accomplished men, these intelligent men, felt equally at home as the shepherds had earlier. Now, these magi feel just as welcome in the presence of Jesus. I'm certain that one of the reasons Jesus shunned the palace in favor of the stable is so that he would be available to all who would desire to come to him. Thank God. Thank God for whosoever will come shall be saved. Thank God for the truth of that. Thank God that whosoever will can find all that they will ever need in Jesus. Because he did it all. From the lowest man to the most influential ruler, all men have the right to come to Jesus. But then fourthly and lastly, I want you to see it's because of an announcement. Everyone in Israel knew that Bethlehem was known for sacrificial lambs. 
The place where these special lambs was raised was called the Tower of the Flock. And the actual name for that tower was Migdal Adar on the outskirts of Bethlehem. Sacrificial lambs were raised in that area around Jerusalem. And in ancient days, Migdal Adar was a military tower. And it was created to stand on the edge of Bethlehem as a defense for the city. And so this watchtower was used by the shepherds for protection from enemies and, and from the wild animals that might have come up. And, and it was also a sheltering building that the priest would have used to bring the ewes which were able to give birth in to their lambs and, and provide a, a place of protection for them. And so these special lambs came from a unique flock that was designed for sacrifice at the temple in Jerusalem. And so this watchtower was not for ordinary lambs, but for lambs that were being prepared for temple sacrifice. The angel of the Lord came to the shepherds who were watching over these sacrificial lambs. And they were excited about the announcement that was concerning the Lamb of God. The Lamb who was born and placed in a manger, but who came to die for our sins. These lowly shepherds hungered. They hungered for a different kind of lamb. And so when Mary took her newborn baby and when she placed him in that feeding trough, she was painting a picture. She was giving us a vivid image, far more vivid than she realized. For there in Bethlehem, there were these sacrificial lambs were raised. There in the house of bread, the bread of life had been born. And it isn't inappropriate that the one who would feed the souls of countless multitudes should have his bed in the very place where the animals came to feed. It just serves to remind us that when hungry men come to Jesus, when they receive him, he satisfies the longing of their souls and gives them the bread of life. It was almost as if God was saying, dinner has been served. Come and dine. He has come for you. I think the birth of Jesus is a pretty significant event in human history, don't you? I, I think the birth of Jesus was, was pretty important, don't you? And I think the fact that he was placed in a manger is pretty important as well. I'm glad it happened like it did. Because I find there is room. There's room there for me and for you to come. There's room for us to be saved. Because he came and he humbled himself. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. And he came to give you life. And this morning there are some of us who are sitting here today and we're lost. And we don't have to be. You don't have to stay in that lost condition this Christmas. You don't have to stay in that lost condition another day because Jesus came. He humbled himself and he came after you. So could you humble yourself today and run after him? Could you humble your heart enough to say, you know what, I'm not going to concern myself with the fact that there's some people here. I'm going to run to Jesus this morning. Could you humble yourself enough to say, you know what, I may have some sins and some people might in this room even know about it. That's okay. I'm going to run to Jesus today. I'm not going to try to clean my own life up because I've tried and I've failed. I'm going to let Jesus do that work. Would you run to him today? 
The one who came and was laid in that manger was a baby who came to die, and he came to die for your sins. Would you run to him today? Why a manger? Why a manger? Because Jesus came as a sacrificial lamb for you and for me. And I praise God for it. Lord, Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. And we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the way that he came. We thank you for the salvation that he brings. And today I just, I thank you for the opportunity that you give lost men and women, lost boys and girls to come and to be saved. Lord, there is nothing that should keep us from coming to you. Lord, help us to not worry about anything today, but just to recognize that it's you and us. It's you and me. It's, it's, it's you and my, my friend who is lost. It's you and that, that teenage boy. It's you and that teenage girl. It's you and that adult man. It's you and that adult woman. It's you and that senior adult man, that senior adult woman who is lost and they know it this morning. It's you and them. Lord, help them to come. Help them to be saved today. That's why you came. That's why you came in the humble way that you came. And so, Lord, I pray for salvation in this place today, for your honor and for your glory. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we stand, as we sing, would you come, would you respond? Thank you for listening to our broadcast today from Bryansburg Missionary Baptist Church. If you need spiritual help with the relationship with the Lord, please call 270-527-3757. Also, we would like to invite you to attend our services. On Sunday morning, Sunday school begins at 10 a.m. and our worship service is at 11 a.m. On Sunday evening, discipleship training begins at 5 p.m. with our worship service at 6 p.m. You may also view our Sunday worship services live on Mediacom Inspiration Channel 93. On Wednesday night, our worship service begins at 7 p.m. Once again, thanks for listening, and may God bless you and your family.